You're listening to the 40s Project Podcast with no catchphrases, no cheesy quotes, just a couple of average country chicks keeping it real, raw, and sometimes risque. Welcome to season three from the muddied, murky waters of Middleton on the Flurio Peninsula. It's a bit of a bugger up, isn't it? Well, we booked holidays. Well, I cancelled my river trip. Well, you had to, didn't you? Yeah, it's flooded. Uh, the shack that we usually stay in, which is a second story shack, is yeah, knee deep in water on the second story. So, yeah, changed. And I thought, I'll come down and see Melissa and crew at Middleton. We like to come to Middleton. I have a kid that loves surfing and the other two enjoy it as well. Thought we'd come down to Middleton. Unbeknownst that Middleton looks a bit like crap because all the, the rivers come down, the it's mountains are basically a giant there. sewer. Looks like a sewer. The fish aren't liking it either. No, there's dead fish. It's brown water. It's not great, but we've missed our catch-ups. Um, we hope you've missed us, and it's nice to be reunited with Phil. Lucky Phil. I realised this morning that Phil is quite a part of the family. Oh, yes, we've had some excitement here at Middleton. Yeah, well, we were, we were having a sleep-in, the kids and I, this morning, and um, oh, I could hear this fucking ear-piercing smoke alarm going off. And, I, you know, someone's burnt their toast. Just turn your fucking smoke alarm off. And Macy's yelling at me, oh, Mum, that noise is hurting my ears. Not once did I think maybe I should go out and check what that smoke alarm was. Then Macy ran in and said, I can hear people outside saying, should we knock on that cabin's door and tell them? So I went out there. Yep, cabin next door is on fire. <laughs> and I said, kids, let's just pack up everything in the cabin that we can get our hands on and put in the car just in case the dash of wind comes up and it ends up in our cabin too. Dan walked inside and he said, I've got to get my sleeping bag and my pillow because that's really important to me. Mum, should I grab Phil? <laughs> Lucky Phil. I know. So he's on <laughs> holidays with us here at Middleton. Let's talk about holidaying with kids. Isn't that a pleasure? It is a pleasure. I feel like I've just been packing and unpacking. This is the first January in a long time I've had to go back to work, so I've sort of been juggling mm. and trying to take the kids away any chance I get. But it's tricky. We've come to the realisation, or I have, that we've got children, or I've got children, well, you're the same, uh, the age gaps and the order of them has made holidaying this year particularly a little bit fucked. <laughs> I've always found it difficult, but our kids are same order, same age, same yeah, 17 sexes. boy, 14 girl, 10 boy, mm. which is um, problematic for all of them in some way or another. It's more evident now. I yeah, think. and they're probably got, all hitting milestone stages and ages. Yeah, 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 yeah. And fucking hell, we went to the market the other day and I lined up at the lady that had all the potions in here and I got the anxiety drops yeah. and get-along-together drops <laughs> yeah. and the Farkovsky drops. <laughs> I think the different ages and stages that they're at causes a lot of clashing. So there's the jealousy of probably the younger, you know, you bought him this and you haven't bought me that, and the almost adult who doesn't want to do anything that the mm. other two want to do. That we're annoying. The moody, t yeah, I'm an my hair annoys everyone apparently. Um, the you know the moody and you're singing. <laughs> I do that deliberately <laughs> to shoot them off. The you know 
the, the moody, eye-rolling teenager when she doesn't mm. get what she wants, picking on the 10-year-old. Yeah. Just- it's so hard and it's, you know, I find it tricky too and it's tricky for both of us and then I, I hone in on having that child on the spectrum and with ADHD and I think, oh, is that it? And I think, you know, there's a lot of jealousy there. And then I, I saw them today. We went, um, there was some sideshow stuff and the, mm. it was so good that the, the little kids got to go on a ride and the others decided that, oh, perhaps they didn't need to. Yes, you had all that and now you want expensive fucking Yeti water bottles and frat green <laughs> water bottles every six months and he doesn't. But in saying that, we had a lovely day yesterday. It's a matter of finding something that can be interesting to everybody. To everyone. So we did a little trip. We went. To Normanville. What about Normanville? That's easy. I'm a little bit, I have a bit of anxiety around the water. Um, I'm not a strong swimmer. I never have been, you know, watching Macaulay surf. It's my problem and I try not to make it anyone else's, but it's really, really tricky. It's really, really tricky to stay calm while going, oh, my God, is he, you know, which one's him and is he okay and not being swept out to sea and die because I can be a bit melodramatic. Anyway, so we got down to Normanville. Went, oh, that's there's nothing happening at Normanville. Like it's flat. It's you know you can see it the was water like, is crystal clear. See, all of that was great. So <laughs> Scarlett gets her paddleboard, brand new Christmas, brand board. new Christmas present. Gets on the paddleboard, starts paddling out. So like, oh, she's gone a little bit far. Oh, it was windy. Oh, and the wind was it was sort of picking up and. I'm sort of watching it. And I've never, I don't know why, but I've never really panicked about Scarlet. I don't know why. I just, oh, she's good. She's got it. I just have a lot of confidence. Sure, sure. Middle child. She'll drag herself up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and anyway, she got out a bit further and a bit, and I thought, oh, fuck. And then Macy's out on Dan's paddleboard and she's on that. And so she's gone out with her. So I was like, oh, they're both there together. Scarlet could not turn hers around. Macy was sort of circling her. Yes, and all we could see was him going further and further out. And I was like, okay, now I'm back. We're at fucking Normanville. We shouldn't be worrying about this. So I yelled out, luckily, you know, Macaulay's. I mean, I knew it was panic stations when Smithy was out there, like waist deep in water. I think because we didn't realise that those two girls were having a fucking hell of a time. I thought it was quite funny. I was thinking that they were going to be hyperventilating. They were going to be beside themselves. Exactly what I thought was happening, and that's why Trent was like, oh, Macaulay, can can you please get out there now? Like, you need to get out there and drag it back. Come in. I was fine. And, like, Mace afterwards, they sort of debriefed, and Mace went, oh, we totally could have died. The minute we got them in, though, Surf Lifesavers rocked up, and they set up, and (laughs) they were there. So you can't drown or get swept out of sea when they're off duty, clearly. Yeah, no, you can only do that shit when they're on the beach. I don't usually have a problem with water, but I had a bit of a water incident during uh, the holiday period. I took myself to the pool. Oh, my gosh, you did have a water incident. I don't usually go to the pool. I take the kids to the pool sometimes. Haven't for a while because uh, our local swimming pool has been closed for two years. Had a grand reopening and it is Schmicko. Beautiful. Beautiful. So stinking hot day, went to the pool. Didn't have my kids with me. Went to see some other friends that were there with their small children I just happened to be at the right place at the right time I was supposed to go to the pool that day because there was a young boy struggling big time in a in the deep pool who yeah couldn't actually get to safety so I I scooped him up I grabbed him out of the water and I put him on the side and yeah he ended up yeah we called an ambulance he ended up being taken to hospital with a spasming larynx which I didn't realize can happen obviously you know as part of the shock and not getting water on your lungs and yeah that was a little bit scary so I know, well, you and Macaulay were walking around with your frigging chest pumped out. 
We've yeah. just saved some lives. Yeah. Yeah, me and Macca will uh, expect to see our badges in the mail. Strigy as holidays can be, these are lifelong memories for our kids. I did read a, read a quote that really nails at home. It says you've got 18 summers with your children. 18 summers with your children. And I'm experiencing the end of the first experiencing one. because the 18th summer. I think he's ready to, yeah. I think he's ready to, you know, spread his own wings and do his own holidays. But I did bring up about, you know, an overseas trip. And went, oh, that's fine. I'll come to that with you. <laughs> Pencil Bastard. it in. Christmas seems a long, long time ago. Does it? <laughs> it does because I've unpacked and repacked and worked and done all these other stuff. But you shared a post which I loved just after Christmas. It was a post on our page from Donna Ashworth who said the Irish had a tradition on January 6th called a women's Christmas, presumably to allow the makers of the merriment to actually let go and kick back. Mm. I love that. Let's add makers of the merriment to the CV. <laughs> because, yep, if it wasn't for women... Christmas wouldn't happen. We are Christmas, for fuck's sake. Call We're me, Christmas. Call me Mrs. fucking Christmas because <laughs> we, we liaise with all the family about where the meals are being held, who's bringing what, who wants what, Me- what the menu is, who, what outfits everyone wearing, the presents, school concerts, the work Christmas parties, the friend that popped in from fucking overseas. <laughs> Got to catch up with them. Stocking fillers, hiding spots. That was tricky this year. Mm. Helping the grandparents with their Christmas giving. Is, you know, is the fridge going to be big enough to handle all of this? And fucking elf on the shelf for those that were dumb enough to do that <laughs> little caper. I was, I was <laughs> Not looking enough. at anyone right now. I always said no, but I was dumb enough. And um, I don't know, my life has changed. And I went, I think I have time now for elf on the shelf. <laughs> he was a funny little fucker. I liked him. Yeah. But it, it wears off. I, I do wonder what Christmas would look like if we did a little switcheroo and the men organised it. Be Barbie. Yeah, and, and afterwards we'd scratch ourselves after lunch and <laughs> pull up scratch. a lounge chair, have a little nap while they glad wrap the trifle they made, found enough garbage bags to rid all the wrapping strewn all over the floor and then they'd start packing up. And putting everything in the car for the next stop on Christmas Day. But, you know, they'd have to drive because we're too pissed. Christmas for me was very different to an ordinary Christmas. Mm. The traditions were all thrown out the window. They were. So this was your first Christmas not being married to a farmer, Mm. which I am married to a farmer, and because harvest falls at that time of year, the Christmas tradition does fall back on the woman from no fault of their own. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you can shop in November Um, online. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so your Christmas day was... Yeah. Uh, The one thing I couldn't give up, um, well, I didn't feel I was ready to let go of because I've still got a little believer, was Christmas morning. Um, You know, as a maker of the merriment, I just couldn't fathom not having them wake up at home uh, and open those presents. So I opted to have them for breakfast uh, and then they went off um, with their dad for the rest of the day. I went out for lunch uh, to a pub with my mum and dad, mm. came home in the afternoon. The uh, exhaustion of all of those oh. things that we just talked about. And just, just December in general. Uh, minus, you know, organising Christmas Day. <laughs> <laughs> Hit me and I went, I'm going to have a nap. Oh and as God. I lay down in that bed, I smirked and thought about all the people <laughs> doing dishes, whining about what presents they got, 
smiling at people they don't like and just having <laughs> a great day in general. I'm so happy it's a nap on Christmas Day. It's bees and bees knees. I, I remember saying when I was a little girl, like, my mum would sort of roll her eyes at Christmas and me going like, oh, you're such a humbug, like it's Christmas. Mm. I'm sorry, mum, I totally get it. I've really realised over the last couple of years that it can be the undoing of me. So I think next year we need to maybe arrange a, a day of merriment for those that are around to, you know, yeah. go for lunch, treat ourselves. Uh-huh. Even if it's just an afternoon, put on our little bloody facials or something. Yeah. Drink some champagne and kick back. 40s project, merriment for women. <laughs> Bonanza. <laughs> I like it. In our great reset for season three, we've got a couple of new segments. And this one is called Bobby Dazzlers and Barry Crockers. Why? Because we love a good bogan Aussie slang term. And for those that don't know, a Bobby Dazzler is a person or a thing considered remarkable or excellent. And a Barry Crocker is Something that is shocking or very poor. It's a shocker. It's a Barry Crocker. I'm going to pave the way with my first Bobby Dazzler, and it's about as Aussie as it gets. Two shearers who came up with a plan in the front bar of the local pub to shear around the clock for a charity. Uh, their chosen charities were Australian Prostate Cancer Foundation and the Jane McGrath Foundation. Um, both charities which affect so many families and as is the usual way in the country the people came and they gave and they supported fifty thousand dollars wow so it was two blokes in um 24 hours they shore a total of 1677 sheep so how many is that per minute one sheep per 38.6 seconds so yeah uh, they were local shearers sean bunner and dylan hancock um and it was so lovely. I did an article on this for the local newspaper and reading about why they chose the charities. They were both obviously close to home. They would both lost people um, or had people suffering from either prostate cancer or breast cancer. Sean, one of the shearers, uh, he said that uh, his partner's grandmother and mother all survived breast cancer and at the age of 18 it was confirmed that his partner carried the, the BRCA2 gene. Uh, and at 23 years' age, she underwent a um, preventative double mastectomy, reducing the risk of developing breast cancer by 90 to 95%. Pretty much any time we do something for those charities in the country, people always come and support them. Mm. But that was just a good, solid... Bobby know, Dazzler. It was a bloody Bobby Dazzler. So, Abby, what's your Barry Crocker? Oh, there's been a few shockers lately. We've, I've compiled a bit of a list here. There is a list. <laughs> oh, the first one, because um, we talked a lot about DV situations mm. last year and we're just shocked every time at the stats, uh, 50 women killed by DV in 2022. That's a woman a week. It's shocking. That's yeah. definitely a Barry Crocker. It is a Barry Crocker. Hopefully 2023 will be better. Um, Jacinda Ahern retiring. Yeah, I good on her. That. That's a bloody Barry Crocker for me. Yeah, Michael Clark and Carl Stefanovic. That's just a load of shit. Shirts off fighting in a park over ah. chicks. <laughs> well, I think Carl got drawn into it. Really, it was Carl his sister into a lot, doesn't he? Yeah, he? Seems to be there, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, this week, six-year-old in Virginia shot his teacher with his mum's gun. I think Trent told me about that actually. How did that even happen? You can't fathom that, can you? No. I was pretty shocked last week. Uh, Lisa Marie Presley's oh, yes. shocked death. That was pretty shit. 
Um, oh, Prince Harry. I think Prince Harry's a bit of a Barry Crocker. Mm, I've been watching a little bit lately yeah. and I can kind of see what they're doing. But yeah, airing, you know, coinciding with releasing his memoirs, airing a bit more dirty laundry about the royal family was a, was a bit of a Barry yeah. Crocker. Yeah. Oh, and not only did Jacinta Ardern. Ardern? Yeah, at Hearn. It's a Dern. Is that? Don't say it too many times. It's now not a word. And not only did Jacinta pull the pin, so did Nellie and Kate. Yeah. That was a good podcast, Single Life of Us. If you haven't listened to it, well, you can still listen to it, but it's finished up. But Nellie started a new one called... Dear Nellie? Dear Nellie. Yeah, which we haven't, yeah, haven't listened to it yet, but... We've been bugging our friend Belinda for ages to come on the podcast and do a segment. Well, she didn't really say she'd come on the podcast, but I recorded her anyway, and <laughs> now she has a segment. So the segment's called Mama Grills because she's our go-to queen of surviving any situation. She can fix shit, sew shit, make shit. She's a nurse, so if you're backed up, she can even make your shit. <laughs> and what this crazy bitch doesn't know, she will make up. Because she's the mafia of the girl guides, and if you mess with her, she'll kill you and make it look like you did it yourself. <laughs> Remember that time she flicked that mole off your... Well, she didn't flick it. She did surgery in your backyard. Well, it saved me money, and she's very savvy <laughs> like that. Oh, she's shifted your trampoline single-handedly down the road, strapped to the top of her car. Yes. We didn't think she was doing it, and then she rocked up. Oh, got your trampoline. Oh, shit, she's got your trampoline. <laughs> When I got the dog, um, Teddy, the big dog, adopted, flown in mm-hmm. Canberra, she came and picked him up with me, chased him down the tarmac. Anyway, we got home. <laughs> he has happy tail syndrome. So there was Explain this blood. What happy oh, tail syndrome is. I thought there'd been a massacre in my house. There was blood everywhere. It was on cupboards, on walls, on doors. I'm like, fuck. I've been away from the house and there's been some kind of situation major major situation here turns out i've got a dog with happy tail syndrome he just flicks that bastard everywhere and it hurts like a motherfucker if it hits your leg and it kept bleeding she sewed him a tail cover (laughs) healed it's like a vet Uh, and the best bit is she doesn't pay full price for anything so if you want to bargain if you want something she will source that for you at two o'clock in the morning and send you a message about i don't even look i don't shop i just hint to belinda that i want something So here's some sneaky snippets from Mama Grills. So, yeah, I refuse to pay full price for anything. Um, normally if I found something that I want or the kids want or something, um, I normally I'll search for what prices they are. And it depends what website. You normally sign up and you'll get $20 off or something. Or places like Country Road and Seed always have sales and then before the sale finishes, they always then do 30% or extra 20% off too. So I'll buy gifts during the year and put away. But they don't work too well because I've just worked out that I've just bought Tilly a jumper for her birthday that I bought last year <laughs> as well. So she's going to have two. Flybys are great because Coles always um, offer specials on flybys. So at the moment in a year, I just built up $480 worth of flybys, which I then convert to gift cards either at Bunnings or I can do coals like straight back into food shopping or something. Um, and also they have glassware specials or something. And if they haven't sent you any specials by email or anything for a while, just don't use your flyby card a while or go shop at Woolworths. And um, then they'll go, oh, my gosh, she hasn't shopped here for ages. We'll send her, you know, get so many points if you spend $150 here, which I'm going to spend anyway because I have to feed the kids. Um, yeah, so just, yeah, always, always utilise that and their offers. Plus they'll send you free shit too. I just got... 
free passion fruit sorbet offer from always next time I go there. So op shopping, I op shop before it was cool. So all my kids wear quite good quality brands and that, and that's just through op shopping because, yeah, there's no way I'm paying $250 for a jumper or something. But if you regularly check some of the good, better op shops, you find it. The ones around the eastern suburbs are really, really good as well. Um, I've also had ADHD before it became trendy as well. <laughs> Stick with us in Season 3 as we share more insightful information from Mama Grills. Well, this week coincides with Australia Day. And if you haven't noticed already, we love ourselves a bit of good old-fashioned Aussie slang. We're not full-on bogan, but... Half we, bogan. <laughs> we, we can mix it with the best. One of the highlights of Australia Day is the Sam Kekovich lamb campaign. It's brilliant. It's marketing fucking genius. Who does not eat a loony on Australia Day these days? Well, they need a marketing genius because those fuckers are about 35 bucks a kilo. Well, that's why, because they're Sam Kekovich. So what are some of your favourite Aussie slang sayings, Melissa? Well, I think it's a little tribute to my dad, but one of the best, I don't know why I start talking like that all of a sudden. <laughs> That's not bogan. Tribute to my dad. He, one of his favourites was, I'm busier than a one-armed paper boy with the crabs. Oh, I love that. My dad was always flat out like a lizard drinking. <laughs> you hungry? How hungry are you? I could eat the crotch out of a low-flying gut. <laughs> oh, fuck me dead. <laughs> Do you know what a Rex hunt is? Yeah. Rex- Same as a... I hadn't heard this one, but I looked it up. Coffee scroll. Yeah, coffee scroll is a mole and a Rex hunt is a cut word. It can't. <laughs> just say it. <laughs> what else? Root rat. You're a dead set mole. Sheila, six pack short. Go for a Barney rubble. <laughs> Chock a block. Piece of piss. Shoot through. Ankle biter. No. Crack the shits. That's just daily. <laughs> Are there any that you use regularly now? Fuck me dead. I <laughs> <laughs> don't want it. When you think about that, that's gross. Who's? Got a list as long as me arm. What's on yours? <laughs> uh, fuck knuckle. <laughs> I haven't heard that for a while. Mad Ruder. Oh, we've got an audience member. Oh. <laughs> and we're going to leave it in. Because <laughs> Trent likes Mad Ruder. <laughs> Come on, keep, keep spinning the hits, Trent. <laughs> Brecky, I probably use that every day. That's brekkie, that's just a yeah. shortened but brekkie, shoggy, chocky, brekkie, <laughs> chocky, siggy, cab sav. Anything with an O, smoko, oh. drongo, uh, akadaka. That's very, that's only Australian because no one else calls ACDC akadaka. Yeah, no one else makes a shortened term longer. <laughs> that's true. Oh, stiffy. <laughs> what did you say before? Risty. Risty. I think that was Trent, actually. <laughs> Do you think? Ironic. <laughs> What's the time of the night? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought esky was a worldwide term, but no, apparently yeah. not. It's not. <laughs> so what do they call them in New Zealand? They call them a chaliban. <laughs> Chili bin. bin. Yeah. Isn't that cute? That's not cute. That's a Barry Crocker. Just having a read of um, a traveller's guide. Uh, for people travelling to Australia, and it says Australian slang is often characterised by making words as short as possible, but also as cute and funny as possible. Yeah. 
if you want to sound like a true Aussie, you should speak through clenched teeth to stop blowies, <laughs> blowflies, from getting into your mouth. It sure sounds funny, but you know perfectly well that this is not entirely excluded while in Australia. You should avoid using the Australian slang in business or formal contacts because it could do more harm than good. Aussie slang is only for good friends and informal gatherings. Have you ever met someone and quoted something out of the castle and they didn't understand? Yeah, they're, they're not your people. No. You should get the award for the best ever Aussie. Oh, it's the most Australian thing you can do is sit down and watch the well, castle. What are some of your uh, castle quotes that you use often? I mean, there's a no- oh, I don't use them often, but I I love Dennis. Dennis Denudo. Dennis Denudo. Yeah, I got a call on him recently. The, <laughs> the whole the photocopier scene. That's mm-hmm. my favourite, absolute favourite scene. Bonnie Doon. We're going to Barney Doon. If I ever make results, I'm really disappointed if Trent doesn't come in and say, Todd, what do you say? What have you got here, love? Oh, yeah. What do you, what do you call this, love? They're results. Oh, you oh, have oh. to say it like that, results. <laughs> what did you do with them? Yeah, but it's what you did with them. <laughs> Seasoning. <laughs> Seasoning. I've often sat at the table and said, go on, Jack, tell him what you did. Yeah. <laughs> Um, If there's one thing Dad loved more than the serenity, it was a two-stroke engine at full throttle. (laughs) So in summing up, it's the Constitution, it's Marbo, it's justice, it's law, it's the vibe. It is. And we are Abby Abby and and Melissa, and this is our story. story.